Well, Regent family, how are we doing tonight? Come on. My name is Ryan Nixon, and I have new life in Christ, and I am recovering from pride, lust, worshiping what other people think of me, and this past week feeling overwhelmed and anxious by just the troubles of life. Hey, guys. Well, so uh, about a couple weeks ago, I went to my doctor. Um, everything's okay, but uh, for the previous six weeks, and even now, um, I've like continually been having this eye twitch. And I was like, I've had eye twitches before, stress-related, sleep-related. I was like, I've never had this go on for six weeks or two months. And uh, so finally, I was like, I'm going to call my doctor. I'm just going to go talk to him, figure out what's going on. And uh, he thinks, again, it's anxiety or stress and lack of sleep. Um, but as I was thinking about uh, that visit and just the conversation that we had, I thought about just all the conversations we've had over the years. And just like, as I come in there, like, he's always asking me all these questions, okay? And so it's, um, one, I, I walk in, and the first thing, he's like, he's, he's looking in my eyes, looking in my ears, up my nose, like, down my throat. Um, you know, he's got the stethoscope. I'm not going to say it right. You know that thingy that he puts all over the place and, like, listens to you breathe and your heartbeat. Um, and then he starts asking questions, and he's asking questions about, like, sleep patterns, diet, exercise, weight loss, no, weight gain, yes. Um, drinking, smoking, and then there's always like the shift that he takes. And like, now we're starting to talk about bowel movements. And like, if I'm sick, he's like, okay, how long has that cough been? What does it sound like? Is there mucus? What color? What's the like texture of it? And like, it kind of gets into a conversation that, that I don't typically have over coffee with someone else. I don't know about you guys. Um, and then sometimes he's asking these, these random questions that I have no idea why that has to deal with you know, my sinus infection, but I answer it anyways. And the reason is because I know that he's trying to help properly diagnose me to figure out, hey, what's going on so that I can help you move back towards a place of health? And I trust him. I'm like, great, whatever you want to know, I'm going to talk about it because I trust him and I trust that he's able to help me kind of move towards a place of health. And I think all of us are the same way. Like we're always like, we'll share anything with our doctor because it's like, hey, I'm sick, I'm not well, and I believe you can help me. And I think what's interesting, if you're like me, or have had seasons where you're like me, there's many times, as I think about my spiritual health and the sickness of sin that is in my life, I want to share the least amount of information with the doctors and caretakers that are in my life and try to receive the greatest amount of healing. And just like with our physical health, and a doctor has provided a path for us to experience healing. Um, our God has provided us a path to experience healing. Um, and that comes through confession. It is us sharing with others the sickness that is going on inside of us, the symptoms of what's going on inside us, so that first and foremost, our God, who is a compassionate doctor, and then also the church who he's sent forth, can help us move towards a place of healing. And this is something that God wants for us. And so as we're in this series talking about struggles and talking about different struggles that it's like, hey, there's something going on in my life. There's a sickness going on in my life that I'd like healing from. We just want to take a break and talk about there's, there's one commonality in how we're to experience healing, whether it's something that's happened to you or something that you are doing to yourself or doing to others. And it begins with confession. And I love this passage of scripture, James 5, 16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. 
And confession is so important that we, we spend a whole step, step five, talking about this idea of confession and that we would, that we would confess to God, that we would confess to ourselves, and we confess to another human being the exact nature of our sin. And it goes on in 1 John 1, 7 through 9, just talks about how if, we're, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, you know, one, our sins are forgiven, but that's how we move back into fellowship with one another and with other believers and with God. And so I thought about like, hey, why, why don't we confess our sin to others like we would confess the sickness that is going on in our physical lives? Why don't, why don't I do that? Why did I spend so many years not doing that? And maybe why are some of you in this room either in a place right now or have spent a season recently and not confessing your sin to others. And as I think about that, it's, it's lies. Like you and I have been listening to lies um, from the enemy, from this broken world, and also from our own flesh. We're listening to lies that make us believe something that is not true about our God and also his church, his people. And I think one of those lies that we believe is that we don't see God as a compassionate and merciful doctor. Like we see him as an I got you judge, that he's just waiting for you to make a mistake so that he can shame or shun you um, privately and maybe publicly. Um, and we believe a lie about his church, that his church is not a spiritual and relational hospital, but it's a place that you're gonna be judged, shunned, and maybe even kind of cast aside. But this is the truth about the God that we serve and his church and how it's meant to be. The God that we serve is a God that is a merciful savior and a compassionate doctor that we can trust. And I love this passage in 2 Corinthians 1. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction." All of our affliction. And, and not, when I read that, most of the times I think about the affliction that has happened to me. Like, like just my wife and I, we walk through just a season of just kind of wave after wave after wave where it seems like, like life is just kind of just knocking us over. But I believe God also is our God of comfort that comforts us in the affliction that we cause ourselves. The sin that I choose and the things that I chase after, the things I try to hide, and that God is a God who wants to comfort us in that affliction also. And also the truth about his church is that his, his church is meant to be and can be a spiritual hospital full of compassionate and merciful doctors. It goes on in 2 Corinthians 1. It says, so that we, those who have been comforted in all of our affliction, that we can go and comfort others in any affliction with the comfort that we have received ourselves by God. And you see this, this path that our compassionate doctor has provided for us, one step in this is confession. And yes, after that, there is, there is repentance, there is forgiveness, there is extending it. But tonight we're just gonna talk about confession. And so I think one of the things that would help helpful for me, um, as I've shared my story a few times in here, but um, I was a believer for 20 years I was married to the, the love of my life, my best friend. I was in full-time ministry at the time. Um, and, and I carried into that um, a 20-year addiction to pornography, lust, and masturbation. Um, and I continued to hide and, and manage my sin 
until there was a moment for me to where I had my Psalm 32 moment where the hand of the Lord was heavy upon me and my bones began to waste away like in the heat of the summer. And I finally confessed and, and took my first step into the doors of recovery on Monday nights here at Watermark. And as I began to kind of walk through the steps and begin to have the body of Christ come alongside me, there were things that God taught me along the way about what, does biblical, what should biblical confession look like? And this isn't an exhaustive list, but these are just some things that I knew that I was doing the, the opposite of and that these were one of the reasons why I wasn't experiencing healing in my own life. And so the first one is that in biblical confession, it should be quick. Like don't allow sin to linger in the dark. It only grows and multiplies there. And even if you don't continue doing it, it's gonna multiply in shame. You know, Psalm 32 and Matthew 5, 23 through 24, like leave your gift at the altar. Don't even go and worship the Lord. Go and be right with your brother, you know, if you've sinned against them. The second one is just being honest. And so we're quick and we're also gonna be honest. Like don't try to manage or conceal your sin. And all of us know when we're trying to manage information, we're trying to hedge a conversation. And in the scriptures are clear, it's in Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals, whoever manages a sin will not prosper. And I experienced that year after year after year. Not only are we to be honest, I think this goes a little bit deeper, we're to be specific. Like we need to stay away from generalities in the midst of our confession because as I move from a place from never telling anybody about um, my addiction or you know, struggles with lust, pornography, and masturbation, then I moved into an accountability group and just how we were accountable to one another is that we had vague words. We said like, hey, I've been struggling lately, which really what we meant is, is we made a poor decision um, or we'd make up names so that we wouldn't have to say the word masturbation. Like there's all these different things that we were trying to be general around our confession and I think that was one of the things that was keeping me from just being specific and experiencing the healing that God wanted for me. And I want you to know there's a difference between being specific and being graphic. Specific is being, hey, this is the exact nature of what happened. Graphic is sharing details that, that might not be helpful for other people. And so we don't wanna be graphic, but we do wanna be specific. And then the last one for tonight is just taking ownership of your sin instead of using passive language. Like we never fall into sin, we never stumble, we never get pushed. And there's a reality that I don't know about you guys, but there's sometimes in life like where everything is right in the world and I'm so far away from the edge, I can still get there. But I mean, it's gonna take a lot. And then there's sometimes to where it just seems like life is hitting wave after wave after wave. And then, you know, my kids are selfish um, and they're kind of fighting with one another and like I'm right on the edge. But I just want you to know that when I lash out and anger towards my kids and parent them in frustration and shame rather than patience and gentleness, I always jump. My kids never force me to sin. Um, whenever I'm trying to find comfort in something other than Jesus because life is overwhelming and I go to food or entertainment or whatever else, I always jump. You and I always jump. And so I think one of the reasons why we may not be experiencing healing is because we, we use language that might be passive and it's kind of like trying to soften the blow for maybe our own hearts. But the Lord wants us to experience healing. And one of the ways why, that we do that is say, no, no, this is what I did. And so some of the ways that like just confession looks different is, hey, you know, this past week or this on Wednesday night, you know, I was on Instagram and I was, uh, I knew the search feature was there. And I just like, 
kind of convince myself that I was going to click on that and just kind of look and see what was kind of going to pop up. And there was something there that wasn't helpful for me. It's one of the ways that I've confessed to my community group and to my bride before. Um, or, hey, here's what was going on with my kids. And here's how I responded to them. You know, I responded with a tone of like, why did you do that to your sister? And that, that's shame inducing. And I don't want to do that. And I asked my kids forgiveness and I confessed to my wife and asked her to help me. Um, it's being specific about, hey, what did I do? Where was I? What happened? What led me there? So that the doctors, one, first and foremost, our compassionate doctor can lead me to healing, but also the doctors all surrounding me, the body of Christ, you all, can lead me to a place of healing. First, by meeting me with grace and kindness and reminding me of the gospel, but also um, through reminding me that, that I'm a new creation because I'm gonna be prone to, to believe shame in my own life. And I just want you to know, like, I, I'm, I'm still in the midst of this battle with you guys. Like I said, like, this, this last week, I mean, it's been kind of wave after wave after wave. And um, my wife and I on Saturday night, uh, we were watching just a, you know, what seemed to be like a, ran, a normal show on Netflix, all right? And, uh, and so we're sitting there watching it together. And, and after a while, she goes off um, and goes to bed. Um, and, and there came on there a scene that was just not helpful for me as a man, as a husband, as a follower of Christ. Um, I mean, it wasn't pornographic, but it, it was not helpful and, and it, was, it, it definitely um, kind of sparked that um, sin of lust in my own life. Um, and, and God gave me a way out. He's given me ways out. And, and I chose to blow past those. And so on Sunday, I went to my wife and I confessed to her and shared with her what happened and asked for her forgiveness. Went to my community group and shared with them what happened. And I just want you to know, I, I didn't want to do this today, but I went to my team and I was like, hey, like, I'm still, I'm still in the flesh. I mean, I have new life in Christ, but this flesh is still here. Um, and I'm still prone to wonder and leave the God that I love and confess to my team and ask their forgiveness. And my team prayed for me. My team practiced James 5.16 and prayed for me. My wife prayed for me. My community group prayed for me. And so I just want you to know, like, if you're walking into this room and, you're, and you feel like, hey, I still shouldn't be giving into this sin um, because... I'm on staff or I've been a leader or an elder or wherever you might be in your spiritual journey. I just want you to know like God wants us to anytime, no matter where we are, to run back to the cross, to run back to the gospel and experience the grace that our compassionate doctor has for us and then run to his church to experience the grace that the body of Christ is able to extend as well. And guys, I'm so thankful that every single week we get to be reminded of stories about how other people are experiencing, you know, this new life, this healing, this recovery as they share their own story. And, and I've got a dear friend, Cindy, um, who's been experiencing this and as she's been confessing her sin, repenting and journeying with Jesus as well. And so I'd love for y'all to welcome to the stage, Cindy, as she comes up here and shares her story of grace. Grace. 